Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, you've tuned in to I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Listeners, thank you for being with us today. It's going to be another amazing show with our guest. I want to make sure that you are completely aware that you can actually watch these interviews on our YouTube channel. So look for I Work For Him and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode as they come out. And you know what I love, Jim, is that you can just, you can watch one and then, you know, just keep watching them to get yourself caught up. But it really is fun to see the interaction that we have with our guests. So if that's new to you, check it out on YouTube, I Work For Him. You know, it's been a year, a year since the COVID-19 lockdowns hit across the country, a year since almost normal got lost in a panic to keep millions from dying around the world. COVID has impacted everything, everything, shopping, driving, socializing, church, family, school, traffic, work. A year ago, the dream for some was to work from home. (laughs) Today, the nightmare for some is to work from home one more day. Isolation has led to suicide, depression, loneliness, the likes of which our world has never known. So where does the body of Christ fit into all of this? How does our faith impact our work when our work is so intertwined with schooling and other homebound complications? Throw into that a mix a week of temperatures that broke a ton of modern low temperature records where our home is each day there in Texas, which has been our safe haven that's now been destroyed by broken water pipes and flooding. I mean, what are the people in Texas doing? Are they thinking of moving to Florida? You don't even know. <laughs> the world's in chaos and peace seems hard to find. However, God fits into all these things. Where does God fit into it in your questions? Let's ask Tony Dale. Tony is the founder of Sidera Health and Point Health, and he's out of Austin, Texas, where they have now recovered for temperatures into the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Tony Dale has a unique perspective on what to share with us today about isolation and the impact on our workplace. Tony Dale, welcome back to I Work For Him. Jim and Martha, thank you so much for having me. It's always a delight to be here. Tony, it's been a year, like I said, since the COVID-19 lockdowns hit. Both of the companies that you founded have had remote employees for a year. Not all of them. I know some of them go in and out, but you've had a lot of remote working. And then last week, you guys (laughs) had... Alaska in Texas. How has all of this adversity impacted you and Felicity personally? Well, of course, that's that's a really interesting question. And, uh, you know, many friends literally from all over the world have reached out to us to ask, you know, were we okay? Um, And and the answer is yes, we've been been really fine at a personal level and blessed. Now, that that doesn't mean that uh, the cold hasn't impacted us at all. Uh, we uh, ran out of gas in the middle of the cold spell uh, and the gas company couldn't get out and still hasn't got out. I have no idea how, how backlogged they are with other people who also ran out of gas, uh, but our central heating was based around that. Uh, but, you know, even that hasn't been really much more than a minor hiccup. You know, someone said to me, oh, but it must be terrible. It's cold and your house must be freezing. And I said, you know, these are first world problems. Uh, when, when you look around the world, you know, any minor inconveniences that we've had uh, have, have honestly been trivial. We, we've got a great big log fire in the fireplace. 
uh, and that works fine. And it's kept enough of the house, uh, you know, fine. Uh, we, we couldn't cook because uh, we cook on gas until we realized, well, actually, we had a little uh, electric uh, sandwich thing. Uh, we also had an electric air fryer. So, you know, uh, we, we just set up where we used electricity. And so, you know, when, when people talk about problems, I mean, these things are so trivial. Uh, now, that doesn't mean it's been trivial for everybody. And I, I don't want to minimize that. You know, thousands and thousands of homes have suffered flooding and uh, broken pipes and all sorts of other things here in Texas. But uh, in our case, actually, it's been a blessing. Mm. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because a lot of us, we pay to go glamping, right? Or camping where you have to figure out, how am I going to make a meal? How am I going to do this? And and um, yet we haven't been forced to do that in our own homes. So what a what a, you you have to use a little creativity, and I give you credit for that. So let's wait, take. Wait, wait, wait a minute! You said it was a blessing. I mean, how mm. how is this a blessing? I mean, frigid, cold temperatures. You had snow on the ground in Austin, Texas, for a week. The power grid across Texas collapsed. You, like you just said, you didn't have heat and you can't cook anything. I know you like to mostly blend those really ridiculously green smoothies anyway, so that's probably okay. But how is this a blessing? Well, it's a blessing in all sorts of ways, Jim. I mean, uh, first of all, uh, we're, we're all quite used to remote work at this stage. Uh, but, you know, as Felicity and I look back on this last year, uh, at what point ever in our now almost 50 years of marriage have we had a year of all of this time together? Hmm. And I don't know about you, but cold weather leads to warm fellowship. Uh, and so, you know. You're talking cuddling? Is that what you're talking cuddling? Okay. Now, you know, don't force me to be too explicit. <laughs> all right, sorry. I know you're British. I know you're British. That's okay. Uh, I let, think we can take it, it from way. there. We've always had a very happy and blessed marriage. Mm. Uh, and um, we, we look at these last sort of 10 days, uh, you know, when there was freezing in Texas uh, as just a, another awesome opportunity to have more time with each other, more time with the Lord, more time to read, many canceled appointments, even uh, in the uh, sort of, uh, uh, unreal or surreal world that we live in where everything is done via Zoom. Uh, and many other people couldn't make meetings, even those meetings. And so, you know, yet more time. Uh, and I, I, I'm just amazed as I watch the Lord connect the dots as to how our time is used uh, and put it to great use. So I, I honestly, I feel blessed. Hmm. So, so let's just talk about that real quick in terms of your your organizations, your your companies, how has you know the adversity that they've that they've been experiencing maybe in their personal lives, how has that translated into and impacted your employees at your companies? Well, you know, it, it definitely does impact them. And and I'm glad you asked about that because you know, Sadira is really about building community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can't build community in the wider community. If, if we're not building it, you know, among our own team. Uh, and our team has doubled in size in the last year. Uh, and, you know, that means half of the team have never seen, maybe, maybe they have seen the office, 
Maybe they haven't. Some of them have never been to the office. They've been onboarded remotely. They've been trained remotely. Uh, And some of them have lived in apartments where, you know, there have been challenges over this cold period. And, you know, I've uh, been, you know, talking with our team leads to make sure that, you know, that they are reaching out, that there isn't one person being left out. Mm. Uh, You know, I'm so blessed with, with friends and colleagues that, you know, there's no way I'm going to get left out. A brand new employee might easily get left out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're trying to be really careful there. Hmm. We're talking today with Tony Dale. I'd love for you to check out one of his companies online. Sidera Health. If you run an organization and you've never really looked at corporate healthcare sharing, you really need to check out Sidera Health. It's an amazing organization. They do amazing things, and they're really changing the face of how you provide health care to your employees. Sidera.com, S-E-D-E-R-A.com. We'll be right back with more from Tony Dale in just a second. When I was young, I always dreamed of being on camera because on camera, I could always make funny faces and be ridiculous. YouTube is that dream. There are tons of iWorkFriend videos out there on YouTube, each one designed to help you unlock God's purpose for you and your work. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. I work for him. That's I work, the number four, him. Hey, we're back talking to Tony Dale today on I work for him. We're talking about the impact that COVID on employees and organizations. Tony, What's the biggest impact you've seen on your people, even on you, as a result of COVID-19? Is, is there one word that describes it? Jim, I, I don't know if I can put a word to it. Um, you know, there, there are very different reactions from different people. Um, you know, so, some of our team have definitely, uh, I guess, felt, if you like, the, the fear that uh, has predominated around the country. Um, you know, if you're a single mom and, you, you know, you're looking after your kids and trying to work from home and wondering, am I going to lose my job because, you know, I, I can't be quite as efficient and, you know, the, these types of things, you know, we, we cannot minimize uh, the, the concerns and the challenges. Now, of course, you know, obviously nobody's going to uh, lose a job in our company because of external pressures like uh, like this, you know, uh, we're, we're there to help and support and love each other. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to take sort of where Felicity and I are in our lives and all the blessing that we see and necessarily assume that it feels that way to other people. And, and here's where you really come to the way people think. Um, you know, God is the same God whether we're in blessing or adversity. Uh, and so joy isn't dependent necessarily on those external circumstances. But that's a choice that a lot of people don't yet fully know how to make. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus promised that his peace would be with us always in every circumstance. But I, I can't force everybody, in, including my employees, I can encourage and hopefully lovingly draw them towards uh, the strength and support that the Lord can be. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, the, the real answer is that for many, it's been difficult. It's been lonely. Uh, it's been scary. Uh, and, you know, trying to adjust to, to that month after month, uh, definitely we, we've been uh, really glad that with the sense of community we have, we can really support and encourage the mental health issues, but um, we cannot fully exclude them. 
So let's talk about that because you said, you know, you made a really key point. You said, you know, Jesus says he'll be with us in all situations, yet we in our flesh often feel very alone and very isolated. So how have you been dealing with that with the um, your employees, you know, and, and that struggle, that flesh struggle of feeling all alone, especially like you said, you have employees that have never been in the office, you know, things that we're used to connecting on. They could be feeling very alone. How are you addressing that? Well, I, I hope we're addressing it head on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, it probably won't be until after the event that we hear clearly and maybe honestly from uh, the employees how, how they feel uh, in terms of how it's been addressed. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, obviously, even within a, a company structure, you're, you're effectively broken down into small groups. You know, they're, they're, they're people who maybe manage, you know, 50 people, but under them are five people who manage 10. And, you know, uh, under them, even you know, they're, they're different little groupings of friendships and everything else. Yeah. So we, we've done everything we can to uh, encourage uh, and keep lines of communication open. Uh, We also have an internal uh, program with some of our charitable giving to try and make sure that any who uh, hit, you know, unexpected challenges or unexpected expenses know that uh, there's absolutely no shame in asking for help, that we're here to help each other. That's what family do. Hmm. Yeah, and it's great to hear that. You know, the Lord tends to use isolation in our lives to get get to us because a lot of times when we're so busy and we're surrounded by people and noise and activity, we tend to not hear what mm. the Lord is saying. But a lot of times isolation gives us that chance to hear from him in a way we don't normally hear from. Him. Do you have a fable, favorite Bible character that you know dealt with isolation and uh, it, it, it turned them into a great leader? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I guess the first one who comes to mind is Jeremiah. Um, I don't know how long they shoved him down in that well. Uh, but uh, one has the sense it was quite a long time. I mean, he was absolutely in solitary confinement. Or or maybe you can take Joseph, who, you know, from his places of influence, uh, suddenly finds himself in prison, Mm -hmm. uh, unjustly accused. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine what a prison was like in those days. So to go from, uh, you you know, let's say the house of someone affluent where he was overseeing all of that person's affairs and uh, literally had the run of the house. Uh, and of course the wife was trying to get him to have the, the, the run of the, 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 the family, I guess is the word you would call it. And, and Joseph is standing strong for God and saying, no, I'm not going to be seduced by you. Uh, and where does it lead? It leads to punishment in prison. So the reality is, if you live in the presence of God, people will sense that anywhere and everywhere. And whether it was Jeremiah stuck down in that well, uh, or whether it was Joseph thrown into a prison, the, the presence of God in their lives was such that the people still came to them and said, but you seem to have a relationship with God that even supersedes your circumstance. Tell us about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just made me think about this. And, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of us wonder about is had we known a year ago that, you know, we'd still be having this conversation a year later, that we're still home, we're working from home, we're being around. 
Um, you know, I don't want to live in regret, but I wonder what we maybe would have approached differently. And when you bring up Joseph, it makes me think about the fact that, you know, he was relating to the other people in prison, you know, to the point where he's like, hey, remember me, you know, when you're, when you're out. And um, I just think that uh, one of the things I've thought of since the very beginning is not to waste the time that God has given us. So anything there that you can encourage the um, our listeners with that, you know, even going forward, we don't know what life's going to be like tomorrow, let alone six months or a year from now. But how can we um, be sure not to waste the opportunity God has in front of us right now? Martha, that, 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 that's such an important question. Uh, and I, I think that comes back to, you know, some of what we've already discussed of, of really trying to learn how to walk with the Lord in such a way that every part of our life is, is honestly being led by him. Uh, it, it says of Jesus that he only did what he saw his father doing. Uh, and I was actually thinking and, and talking about this with, with someone just was either earlier today or yesterday. I don't remember when the conversation occurred. But uh, saying, you know, how, how did Jesus cope with those first 30 years? when, you know, there was no platform, nothing for him, for him to do or to say in a public mm-hmm. sense. But he was content waiting on what his father wanted to do. Uh, and so, you know, if, if I addressed the business side of it for a second, obviously, you know, this last year has had its challenges for us as a business. Uh, you know, when we provide an alternative to, to health insurance, uh, a non-insurance alternative to health insurance, for, you know, for companies to deal with major costs for their employees. Uh, and we're dealing mainly with small, you know, some medium-sized companies, the people who themselves been dramatically impacted by COVID. Uh, and so whereas we've been, you know, used to uh, phenomenal growth, and many people would say even what we did last year where we grew by 50% was phenomenal growth. You know, that's only the hand of God. And so you look and you say, Lord, what are you doing? And for me personally, you know, the, the, the management team have done a fantastic job of navigating the company. But I've been saying, so, Lord, where do I focus? Uh, and, and the Lord's made it really plain with all this extra time. Uh, things I could do, uh, including a book I've, uh, I've finished and which is now being edited, you know, by the publishers, uh, that I think is going to be in, an important part of where Sadira goes in the future. A new book. We haven't talked about a new book with you in a long time. We're talking today with Tony <laughs> Dale. Check him out online, sedera.com, S-E-D-E-R-A.com. We'll be right back. If I had my way on every I work for him road trip, I'd spend all my time in the passenger seat on Facebook and Instagram. But Jim insists that I drive for at least an hour every day so he can nap. Perhaps you'd like to stay connected with all that Jim and I and I work for him are up to. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest and special events, podcasts and conversations. Just search for I work for him. That's I work the number four him. Hey, we're talking with Tony Dale today on I work for him. And, uh, you know, Tony, you threw that little bonus of the, the, that bone right in front of us right before the break. You got a new book coming out, and it's in editing. Now, we know that what that process is like, as Martha and I have our books that we're working on, too. It's quite a process, but w- can you give us a little hint of what the book's about? <laughs> I, I, I'd be glad to. Um, I, I'm very privileged to see a lot of what is going on right across the whole sort of healthcare ecosystem. 
Uh, and there have been some very good books, many very good books, written about everything that's gone wrong. Uh, and when I read the last one uh, by you know, Professor McCary from John Hopkins uh, called The Price We Pay on uh, just peeling back the layers of the onion of why it's so expensive and, and how it's become so corrupt um, and, and why it desperately needs change, I said to myself, we have to tell everybody that the answers are already out there right under our noses. There's an enormous sort of explosion of free market creativity going on, um, particularly, I guess, as a physician, I notice what other physicians are doing, uh, you know, that are really transformational to what's going on in healthcare. Uh, and so a longstanding burden I've had that what is robbing the country of economic growth is the growth of the health world because it's taking all the wage increases that would have gone to Mr. and Mrs. Ordinary, and it's sucking it into this vacuum of healthcare, where healthcare is going up in cost way faster uh, and effectively is preventing any meaningful salary increases. And I believe the answers are there, and I believe the answers uh, in all sorts of ways that shows itself, but primarily in company CEOs who control the healthcare spend. And so I'm showing how we can change how healthcare costs are handled by companies all over the country, and that will transform the system. Wow. I love that. It's great. Final question, Martha. Final question. Well, you know, I just want to kind of bring it to um, the church. I'm, going to, I'm just going to talk real quick about that. We have had a lot of discussions with you over the past years, Tony, about the home church and in this time of COVID, we've not been able to gather the way we normally have, whether it's in homes or in churches, um, in community. So what can you encourage people with today that are really, they're ready to see people, ready to, you know, whatever that next step is, just give us a word of advice or encouragement around um, just church and being in community. You know, uh, again, I'm going to go back to that verse I've quoted already, which is we have to look and see what our Father is doing. And surely we don't have to look very hard to see that he's saying, even when it's remote like this, we can have community with a few people. Mm. We can get together. We can get together with a neighbor who we know is, you know, being uh, sensible about COVID, we can get together with family. You know, we're still allowed to it, certainly in Texas, maybe some states where they don't let families, you know, get together at the moment. We can get together on Zoom. That's what we do. Uh, we've renewed friendships with friends all over the world. And, uh, and, and we have church. And I, to be honest, I'd say we're having church right now. Yes. There are three of us. And Jesus said, if two or three of us are gathered together in his name and he's in the midst, then that that's his definition of church. Mm. And so let's look at what Father is doing, tie it back to its biblical roots where we know the early church began in homes. They didn't use anything except homes for the first 300 years. Uh, and let's maybe ask God, what is he saying to us? Yeah. I love that. We're unfortunately out of time. But Tony, I love the conversation. Just looking at the realities and, and, but also recognizing the blessings in those realities, because we know that God uses adversity in our lives to take us from who we are to who we can use more effectively. And we've had a lot of adversity this last year as a country, as a body of Christ, 
Uh, but all of that is in our best interest. And uh, as tough as that is to say, mm. uh, Lord, don't stop at the adversity because we want to be more like Jesus. Tony Dale, thanks for being a, back here on I Work For Him today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com. I Work The number number four, him.com.